Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. A woman wrote in earlier this week and she told me that my intro is exclusionary. She said there are lots of people, and and she did not qualify herself in that group, but she said there are lots of people that don't identify as ladies and gentlemen or boys and girls. And she suggested that I change my intro to the podcast to be more inclusive. Let me know what you think about that. Clearly, I didn't change it. I think the tone and disposition of this podcast leans towards inclusivity. The only people I really discriminate against are the stupid. And I don't mean the people who don't agree with me. I mean the people who lack common sense and have no logic. I'm all for you disagreeing with me if you're making a good point. I mean, I still might not change my mind, but I'll acknowledge a good point when I hear one. But let me know if you think the intro is, I don't know, discriminatory or not inclusive. Like, all are welcome. But to be quite honest, I like my intro... As is, it took me a while to come up with something that was like my own that I felt very comfortable saying. So I'm a little hesitant to change it. But if people feel it's discriminatory, that's not my intent. So I may need to give more consideration to changing it. But as of right now, it is what it is. I've had a good week. I'm dedicating May to movement. I try to come up with a new theme, something that will enhance my life and sort of bridge that gap that I talk about between being the person you are and the person you want to be. I did not start this at the beginning of the year. Otherwise, I would have told you about it sooner. Um, I started it last month. April was expansion, which encouraged my move to the new apartment, the new loft, which didn't go so well. Hence why I'm back in my old loft and quite thankful to be here. I couldn't find anything that was better, in my opinion, and on such a tight deadline and within my budget. Because I really am just personally offended at the idea of paying $4,500 for an apartment, especially if I could buy something and my mortgage would be cheaper. What I really, really want 
is in the 4,500 5Gs range. And I was like, yeah, I'm not willing to pay that much. I'll just go back to my old place, which is still not cheap. And I'll stack my coin for a rainy day and a better timeline to find what I'm looking for. I moved back to my old apartment and they put me back under my old lease, which means technically I can leave here in six months. And by leave here, I'm like, I could leave LA, which I keep thinking I want to do, but LA keeps like pulling me in. It's the same dysfunctional relationship I had with New York. Like I'd be so over that city and then like magical things would happen and like gifted presents would just sort of like fall from the sky and land in my lap and be like, you're not leaving us. Stop it. You belong here. Because I really sometimes be heavy on this, like, I'm moving to Atlanta. I'm out. Especially after the apartment fiasco. I really thought about moving to Atlanta. And I was like, you know what? Since I got to find a new place anyway, and they'll let me out of my lease, and my stuff is still in boxes, why don't I just put them on a truck and head south? It crossed my mind. I was like, I have no husband and I have no kids. I got freedom. I don't have to be responsible. Which that realization is so damn freeing. I'm still like overly responsible. But still, the realization that I don't have to be, that I can really just fuck off and there's no one to be accountable to, my God. These are good problems. But as you see, I did not move to Atlanta. I'm still in LA. And another little gift, actually a couple of them, have landed just neatly in my lap in the last two weeks. And I'm just like, well, now I'm stuck here. At least for a year past November. I said when I moved here, I was going to give it four years, the amount of time it takes to get a college degree. But I was like, I'll give LA a minimum of four years. And if I can't figure something out in that time and then be able to live somewhere else and be fine, or I don't figure it out and I gave it a good heave ho, and then I'll go figure out something else in another place. So we've done two years in LA. I think I'm going to have to pull out at least another two. So we'll see. We shall see. But that's not the point. The point is, we're talking about May for movement. Because expansion, ugh. I was so excited. That's so fucking bomb. Sorry, I'm stuck on it. So I'm trying to, is every morning in May, I'm trying to commit myself to some form of exercise. But I missed May 1st because I was unpacking my apartment. That's why. Because I moved on Thursday and Friday I was exhausted. So I was like, really, I don't have to do shit. And so I'm not going to. And then Saturday I put my apartment mostly back together. It's still not intact. Like my TV is still sitting on the floor on the other side of the room from the area I called the living room. I was supposed to call a tasker to come put it up. That and a few other things. And I just, I haven't. I just, I haven't. I still don't have internet access. So I'm going to record this whole podcast and then go down to the business office in my building and hopefully the Wi-Fi works today. Yeah, so my place is totally not in order. And worse, this morning, three different people hit me. It was like, yeah, I'm going to be in L.A. within the next two weeks. Luckily, none of them asked to stay with me because I was like, yeah, my place is, I still have boxes. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I say all that to say, I started on the second. I woke up and I was like, I just need to move my body. I've been thinking a lot about growing older. I've been thinking a lot about the hip hop legends that have passed like Black Rob and DMX and, and Shock G. And they were young men. Like DMX had just turned 50. I want to say Black Rob was, was he 51? Shock G was 57. I know I'm not a black man, but I also know I'm not in like the best shape or health that I could be in. I got some bad habits I need to break. There are some good habits that I need to build. And I was doing really well for a while, but COVID just sort of took me out and I want to improve. So May is for movement. Um, I woke up Sunday morning and was like, okay, it's the beginning of a new week. Let's go to the Culver City Stairs. Baldwin Hills Overlook. I think they're the same thing. They're right there together. It's really steep stairs. It's a great like booty and thigh workout. Like you will feel like you're dying when you get to the top. I've done the stairs a couple times. There's a couple trails that will take you to the top, meandering and steep trails, but trails nonetheless, which are a little easier on the body than stairs. I'm working my way up to the stairs, but on Sunday, I did, um, I did the trail twice. I walked all the way up, came back down and did the same trail all the way back up again. Like the views are beautiful. I think it was about four miles that I did. Um, my legs, my legs feel it. My whole body feels it. It's been a while since I've had like a really good 
workout. So I'm trying to dedicate myself to either doing the trail or walking on the treadmill or even just walking outside. Um, My favorite food truck is Seven Avenues from my apartment. Just to make sure I do something where I'm moving my body and getting in cardio and building my endurance and strength. I want to make that a daily habit in my life. So that's what we're dedicating May to. The trail, just so you know, is very motivational. I've never seen, actually not just in LA, but in general, like there's very few places other than Dallas, which I think has some of the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen so many attractive black and brown, a lot of black though. I've never seen that many attractive men in one setting. Like if you go to the Culver City Stairs, I'd say like before 10 a.m. weekend, weekday, either or. It's not too crowded. The majority of people there are black and brown. And it's a lot of attractive, wide men. Wide for L.A. Because men in L.A., just as a general observation, are a little more narrow than men in the South and the East. But very attractive men, often shirtless, running the stairs, doing the trails, in pairs and groups. And I was like, oh, the fine friend brought his fine friend. Okay, all right, okay. But when I get to the top of the stairs, and it's a beautiful view of Los Angeles. Very, very gorgeous views. And when you get to the top of the trail, you have to take like maybe 20 steps. And half of them are like very steep. You can get some stairs in one way or another. But I like to sit like right at the um, the rest area at the top of the stairs. And when the guys come running up the stairs... It gives the visual illusion of them like running right toward me. It's quite a beautiful thing. And the men are very friendly on the trails. Like I've never said good morning this much in my life. If you want to haste this moment or some like shirtless brown men or even shirted, that's fine. I don't mind. The Culver City stairs in the morning are a good place to see them. Look, trainers always say like you need to find your motivation. Whatever it is, it's going to get you up and get you moving and be consistent with it. You know, focus on that. I was like, look, attractive men, shirtless men, even if I'm just looking, no touching for now. But I was like, that's good motivation, isn't it? It's getting me up at 6.30 a.m. to go march up a dusty hill. I'd be filthy. Because like when I come home and shower, the tub looks disgusting. My ass is cute, though. It's got to count for something. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. (laughs) I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I ran a bunch of errands yesterday. Like, I mean, a bunch. Like, I got my car washed. I went to the bank. I went to two different grocery stores. Also went to the post office. I was standing in line at the post office. Like, I have a P.O. box. That's the address I use for all the shipments. And, you know, when people are just, like, sending me random things. 
But I had like my little slip in my P.O. box or whatever. So I had to take it to the front. There was a guy at the window already, a white guy. And there was an Asian guy in front of me. And as I was standing there, a white guy came up behind me. He walked up. There was only one postal worker at the desk. Black dude, I say maybe in his 50s. You never know with black people. But he could have been like 60. Who really knows with the blacks? The white guy who was at the counter was upset because he didn't have his proper ID, I guess, to pick up something or send something. I don't know what it was, but he didn't have his ID and ID was required. And he was going back and forth with the post office worker. But the post office guy was, you know, very firm and very professional about it. He was like, I'm sorry, sir, you don't have your ID. I'm not allowed to um, release or send or whatever. So the guy gets really upset and he was like, I don't know why I'm arguing with a stupid nigger anyway. Er? The Asian dude in front of me was like, the fuck? And I was like, wait, what? Because I couldn't believe I just heard it. And the, and the white guy behind me was like, the fuck? So the guy like gathered up his stuff and, and walked off in like a huff. The post office worker takes a beat. And I mean, literally like a beat, like a, a second. And was like, next in line? Like that whole exchange didn't happen. Like me, the Asian guy and the white guy behind me are like, what the fuck? It was nothing to him. The Asian guy got to the front and before he gave packages, he asked the gentleman, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. No worries. And he said, well, what can I help you with today? So I got to the front and I was like, that was crazy. Are you okay? He was like, yeah, I'm okay. And he was like, honestly, ma'am, it's Monday at the post office. And I was like, is, is that what working at the post office is? Where somebody like just calls you a nigger and you just like, it's Monday? But he told me, he was like, yeah, he was like, actually, it happens pretty regularly. And I was like, um, I didn't know what to say to that. I mean, he don't really seem upset about it. Like, it's, this is a, a, a normal thing in his life. But like, you've been called the N-word so frequently that it's just, it's a Monday. Jesus. I know folks got to earn a living and bills got to be paid. But like, how is that Okay. I also talked about this on my Facebook page and a couple people were like, yeah, I'm married to a postal worker. Um, one of my friends, her father was postmaster and she was like, yeah, that's just, you know, that's just working at the post office. And I was like, is this why postal workers were like going postal? There was a rash of time where post office workers were just like going in and shooting shit up. Hence the term going postal. But I was like, is this what they were dealing with? Poor people had PTSD. They need some love in their life and some buffer between themselves and the public. Like that was a lot. And not that I really expect much more from LA. I've had a lot of like blatantly racist incidents in LA, far worse than New York. But America's not a racist country though. Not according to the black Republican Senator or according to Kamala Harris, which I was like, did you really think about that before you said it? In general, I feel good about the Kamala. I didn't appreciate that. I know sometimes you got to be diplomatic. You're not just the vice president of black people or South Asians. Like, I get it. I was like, you might have gone a touch too far trying to appease the white folks with the America's not a racist country thing, though. And good news, Black Panther 2 has a release date. <laughs> it's over a year from now. But nonetheless, nonetheless, we have a release date. July 8th, 2022. The day before my birthday. So I'll probably be at a theater at midnight on my birthday to watch Black Panther 2 because that's how strongly I feel about Wakanda. And the title of it is Wakanda Forever. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to the Met Gala. It's usually the first Monday in May, which would have been today. I live for the fashion moments. I am not popular enough to be invited to the Met Gala, but a girl can dream of getting an invite one day. I know a bunch of people who covered it, but that's not one. Like, I was never a red carpet reporter. That's just not my thing. That's not exactly true. I didn't start my career at People, but I did a stint. Maybe like nine months for People DC. I was a stringer for People DC, and I used to go to a bunch of galas and interview celebrities. So it wasn't technically red carpet, but I was there to ask people like Jamie Lee Curtis about her dog or her childhood best friend or 
whatever. And I was a very young reporter and I was a little black girl. I'd ask the press person, I was like, is it possible if I could interview? And, you know, people would be like, oh, no, she's very busy, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I'm with People Magazine. And they'd be like, oh, and they'd snatch the person from whatever interview they were doing. And I'd ask them again, literally, about their dog or their childhood best friend or why they picked their outfit, hair choices, very fluffy, frivolous shit. But they cut a good wage, though. I want to say it was like 25 an hour back in 2000. And if you work 15 minutes, that was considered an hour. And I was like, oh, this is good coin. Better than what I would have been making for a nine to five. And they had me working, working. Because there weren't a lot of stringers in D.C. at the time. And the head of the D.C. Bureau, if I can't remember her name, Sarah. But she called me to a really fancy lunch after three or four months of working for her. And she was like, you're really good. You need to move to New York. Like the type of career that you should have, you can't have in D.C. You need to move to New York. And I was like, yeah, like I went to school there. Like I've been trying to find a job. And so she was like, okay. She was like, I'll transfer you. Will that work? I was like, oh, okay. But that was a good job. And the only time I did kind of red carpet. I say all that to say, the Met Gala is coming back. It didn't happen last year for obvious reasons because, you know, a global pandemic and people could not gather. But it is tentatively scheduled for September 2021 which I am way too goo gobs excited about. It's one of my favorite nights in fashion. It's other good news this week. The the Handmaid's Tale returned. Did I talk about this on last week's episode? The first three episodes? June is annoying as shit. That's just how she is. But she also bought that life now. I was like, okay, we suffered through all that. To get to this June. June been fucking shit up. I'm, I'm here for it. It's also a much easier show to watch now that Trump is not in office. Because I really thought that like we were on that trajectory towards Handmaid's Tale. I was like, yeah, I don't think Trump would really mind. Gentrified slavery, essentially. This woman in my Instagram comments described Handmaid's Tale as gentrified slavery. And I was like, if that ain't the most accurate description. Because everything that happens on the show, like, you know, white woman dystopia... Is basically having to like live like an enslaved black woman. Which it was bad for black people. It's, it's still bad for white women. But it's just like... But they so often treat it as like, how could this happen? Well, it's a repeat of what already happened. It's just happening to you this time. But like in this series, there's like, oh, there's May Day. There's a series of safe houses. I was like, yes, that's called the Underground Railroad. It's like when y'all saw cornrows and started calling them boxer braids. It's still a cornrow. Y'all just decide to call it something else. It doesn't make it anything different than what it is. But that's a habit, you know. Kind of like they found, like, you know, a whole landmass that was occupied by brown people. It's unnamed, uninhabited, with no culture. No, no. No, no. Was inhabited. Had a name. Had lots of cultures. I hate Rick Santorum for that Native American shit. I hated him before. But I was like, the gall of you. The gall. I brought that up multiple times because I still can't believe he said that shit. On a microphone. Like, was proud of it. Thought there would be no feedback. Ugh. It's disgusting, man. Michael B. Jordan has a new film. Without Remorse. It's an adaption from a Tom Clancy novel. I didn't read the novel. I can't tell you anything about it. It was an okay film. It's an it's a action flick. I think I summarized it as... um. A bad thing happens to a snack and he keeps taking his shirt off while he seeks revenge. Or a justifiably angry black man exclusively kills white people for about two hours, which is essentially what the film is. Lauren London plays his wife in the film. She's in it for generously, generously five minutes. As far as action flicks goes, it was fine. It's no diehard. It doesn't have any memorable one-liners. But it does have a memorable scene. There's a prison scene where Michael B. Jordan has this whole fight with his shirt off. Which, bless yourself, watch it in slow motion. So you can see, like, all the angles, particularly the ripples in his back. When he's fighting, my God. And he's wet, too. Like, he splashes water on himself. It's not the same effect as baby oil, but he glistens. He glistens nonetheless. He got, like, 20 abs. He's very wide. I think he's actually more cut here than he is in Creed. 
which the slow-mo in Creed when he's running through the desert, I gasped in the theater. Because I was like, my God. But he looks great. If you're looking for something profound, this ain't it. If you're looking for one-liners, this ain't it. But if you like Michael B. Jordan and you just like looking at him and you like him when he takes his shirt off and you like a good explosion, it's a good film to watch. Oh, can we talk about Yandy and Mendeecees? Yandy from Love and Hip Hop and her... Is he legally her husband? I know they had a ceremony, but then I also know because he was headed to federal prison that she didn't turn in the actual marriage license. You got 30 days to do it in New Jersey and New York. And if you don't, then you just had a ceremony. You're not really married. So I don't know if they're legally married or not. But that's not the point. The point is he went to federal prison for four years. And Yandy, who was the mother of, I would believe, two of his children, she stuck by him. She stuck by him. We've heard no stories of Yandy stepping out or any shenanigans while he was away in prison. She protested outside the prison at one point for prisoner rights. But they are currently on a show called Couples Retreat. I'm reading from Hot97.com. During the show, the couple was asked if they have insecurities in their relationship. Medici said no, but Yandy said she felt that she was in prison when he was locked up. Medici said he felt that Yandy didn't reach out to him enough while he was behind bars, while she says they spoke on the phone every day. Yandy said during the four years he was locked away, she held everything down, taking care of the kids and running her businesses. She asked him, do you understand what my life is like? I'm raising two babies. I'm running five companies. But you want to talk about emails and calls. Talk about how all these bills are going to get paid. Yandy asked him, if the roles were reversed, would he have held her down? This is where shit goes left. Mendici says, if the shoes were on the other foot, I don't know what I would be able to do. Really, nigga? Really? She held you down during a federal coke charge. You were supposed to be locked up for eight years. You got out in four. She, the mother of your children, was willing to hold you down for eight years. Four was the short stretch. She did that. There's no question as to like, would she do that? This is not a hypothetical. She did that for you. And then when asked, with cameras rolling for a nationally televised show, you didn't at least have the decency to fucking lie and not embarrass the fuck out of her and make her look crazy? And actually, I don't think she looks crazy. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily stand by somebody who's going to prison for four years. Not unless I directly benefited from their drug trade. It, like if I was running multiple companies and their drug money was what helped me launch said companies, I might do it on GP. I wouldn't be able to do it just on love alone. There would have to be multiple tie-ins for me to do it where I felt like I owed it to you in some sense. But she held him down. She's still holding him down. And then when asked, like, would you do the same? I don't know if I'd be able to do it. Nigga, lie. Lie. Even if you got to go back afterwards and be like, okay, so remember when they asked me that question on camera? Here's the truth. You don't embarrass your person like that. We keep hearing these stories. There was another story we talked about recently. Oh, with, um, with Derrick Jackson and his wife sitting up there with the bonnet and no bra. You don't embarrass your person like that. You don't do that to your person. That's not right. That's not right. Everyone knows this woman held you down. Everyone knows this woman sacrificed to be with you. And then you're going to get on national TV and be like, yeah, I don't know if I do the same. So you want a ride or die chick who you're not willing to ride or die for? Why the fuck should she be that for you if you're not going to be that for her? I guarantee you she did it. One, because they're, they've been together forever. Two, they have children together. He's the father of her kids. She loves him. But also, most importantly... Because she felt he would do the same thing to her. She wanted to be ride or die. She wanted to show the loyalty that she thought that she would get from him. So you put your life on hold for four years. Because when you're with someone, by all accounts, I've never dated anybody in prison. I don't have any immediate family members that have been in prison. But by all accounts, for people who have those situations, they're like, when your person, when your son, your father, your, your family member, your loved one, your intimate partner relationship, whatever that looks like, when they are locked up, you are locked up too. She did a four-year bid with you. She raised your kids solo without you, was still there. I remember the limo picking them up from prison. I don't know if I could have done the same for you, 
really? Yandy sat there and cried on TV. And I was like, I feel you. My heart broke for her when he said that. She didn't deserve that. Not after she held him down the way she did. Now, I didn't personally think she should have held him down, but that's just my personal thing. She grown. She made the choices that she made. And I saw people being like, well, you know, that was her choice to do it. She should have done it out of love. She shouldn't have done it with the expectation of reciprocity. You shouldn't be doing things for people just so they could do them for you. Like if you want to like do something like a one-off sort of thing for somebody just because you feel like being nice. But to put your life on hold for four years in your prime for a dude to turn around and, and tell you on national television, I don't know if I do the same for you. That's your wifey, the mother of your children. Who's been holding down not just the children she has with you, but the child you had with another woman. She went above and beyond. And got, I don't know if I would have done the same for you. Niggas. And just for a matter of clarity, when I say niggas, I don't mean all black men. And when I say niggas, I don't mean black people. I will call a white person a nigga in a minute. You've heard me do it on here multiple times. I make a point to do it. I mean, DC's, I was like, bruh. You cute and all, but she could do better. And really, you're not hard to top when you say shit like that. I mean, you're like peak trifling. All he got to do is not be that level of trifling and be cute. Cute is a dime a dozen. Can you also not be that level of trifling? Can you peak at an eight? Because you're at a 10, bruh. Can you be real cute and can you peak at like an eight of trifling? She's doing better. Ugh, I hate that for her. She's a really nice person. I don't know her, know her. She's really good friends with a couple people that I'm close to. And let me also say this too. A lot of what's on reality TV is completely scripted for reality TV. I mean, like literally they do takes. They ask you to say things different ways. They, they tell you certain lines that they want you to use. You have to come in a door three times so they can get it from different angles. You get into whole arguments with people. They'll be like, okay, we need to like reshoot it from a different angle. And we need you to say X, Y, Z this time. I mean, it's scripted. So I hope that maybe that was something that was scripted for television because, you know, it made for, I don't necessarily say good TV, but appalling TV that people will tune into to see the audacity of it. I don't know. I hope that was something that was heavily produced and that's not genuinely how he feels because that was just awful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What else is going on? Somebody wrote in last week and like, you didn't talk about the New Jersey pastor. I mean, I did. He's, he was a creative director at Hillsong. If you remember, Hillsong's pastor pastor stepped down about six months ago because of infidelity. So now the creative director is a black dude. He just stepped down also for infidelity. He sent a, it wasn't a full dick pic. It was a dick print pic. He had on white spandex, I guess, leggings. I don't know if there's a different word for it when men wear them, but if a woman had them on, it'd be called leggings. But the Daily Mail ran an article and a picture of the pastor, a well-built man, a married man, a father of two, by the way. I think that's important. But he sent out this picture of himself in these, you know, tight white pants with a visible dick print, allegedly, because the Daily Mail blurred it, but it was a big blur. I was like, that is much pixelation, much, much pixelation. I went on Twitter looking for the, the unblurred photo because, you know, I'm, I'm that type of nasty. And Twitter didn't have it. And I was like, this is not the Twitter that it used to be. Twitter is falling off. They used to have all the filth. But, but he sent this picture of himself to, DM'd it, to a woman who had volunteered for the church. And I think from context, it seemed like she didn't respond and he hit her up and he said, I'm sorry about the picture. I was trying to send it to my close friends group. I don't know how you got added, but sometimes I send out, quote, real raw shit. I was like, you're the creative director of a very popular church. And you talking about you send out real raw shit, pictures of your dick, essentially, to a group of friends? 
So he apologized to the woman and they had an exchange about it where it seemed like she was, you know, laughed it off. And then she came back later and like read him for filth and was like, you know, basically you're a perv. Let me see if I can find a letter. She said, Darnell, because his name was Darnell Barrett. He is 32. By the way, what does a creative director do at a church? I don't, I'm not familiar like, I don't be in church like that. Like, I used to be, but they had, like, a pastor, co-pastors, deacons. I don't know what a creative director is. But the woman responded to him. She said, Darnell, I'm not going to lie. I blocked you for a second, but I've decided I need to say something to you. First off, I'm insulted that you would think I wouldn't understand what you're doing, but I'm not fucking stupid. For you to go out of your way to make it seem like you accidentally added me to your close friends and then went out of your way to message me about it, knowing that would make me go look is bullshit. Obviously, what she wanted me to see were the shirtless photos and the outline of your dick. Let's not play and act like that wasn't the point. Your messages to bait me into seeing your quote raw shit are obvious. I know what you're doing. Do not insult me. I see you very clearly. So somehow the picture went from her DM to a feature story on the Daily Mail with the photos. Man was quite outraged. And I saw some people say, well, you should give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's, it was an accident. Sometimes people do add people they don't intend to close friends. And I was like, what close friends does a married man, father of two, have? What, group, what kind of group is this where it's acceptable to send dick print pics? Like, I could see if he was sending them to his wife. The marriage bed is undefiled. That's how you want to keep your marriage spicy? Go for it. That's not my business. But you a whole married husband and father... Sending out dick print pics to a group of close friends? Who are these close friends? How close are they? What kind of activities are y'all engage in together? Because you send me some dick print pics. I'm thinking like, oh, like you trying to show me your dick. Like you trying to fuck. Even the snacks are more respectful though. They ask, well, you know, can I send you some outtakes for my shoe? Sure, I'd love to see them. But I'm also single. And they, I believe, are single. At least Instagram single. It's never gone beyond some hee-hee and ha-ha. Most of them live on the other side of the country. I mean, flights do go to L.A., but we've been in a global pandemic. Neither here nor there. One of the snacks actually was in L.A. recently, and he came to see me. He brought his sister. He was so respectful. Giraffe908, pure sweetheart. And just as gorgeous in person as he is online. That's not Photoshop, angles, lighting. No, he just fine. He just real, real fine in real life. Total sweetheart. And no, he's not one of the guys that sent me outtakes. Can you imagine what that outtake would be? I mean, the man did a promo for Don't Waste Your Pretty. He wasn't naked. <laughs> he had on a nude towel, but you had to watch it a couple times to be like, oh, that's a towel. That's not skin. But that towel was low, 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 low. But do we really need to discuss the creative director? Like, I, I don't I don't know what more you want me to say than like. He's a single husband, clearly. If I talk about something extensively and there's a big robust discussion on Instagram or Facebook, I prefer not to do it on here. There's enough going on in the world that I don't think we need to cover the same things twice. Not in detail. One thing we did not talk about, Sister Janet. Sister Janet Mock. She's the executive producer and director of Pose. I told you that I don't have my internet installed yet. So I tried to watch it on my phone, which I hate watching TV on my phone. The FX app on my phone, it's fine on my laptop and desktop, but on my phone, it's trash. So I, I don't want to judge the episode on the frustration I had with the app. I didn't care for a lot of what I saw. I didn't think the writing was very strong, that I've, it's not, it wasn't what I've come to expect from the show. But again, I preface that with saying I was having many app issues and I was very frustrated. But there was a premiere for the third season and page six described it as my friend Carlos Greer is the writer of this article. I've known him for years. He said Janet Mock left co-stars, network bosses and reporters stunned at the show's premiere party on Thursday night by ad-libbing a wide-ranging and flabbergastingly fiery good writing flabbergastingly fiery speech a 15 minute speech Greer described she complained about how much the network is paying her she says why am I making $40,000 an episode I am angry and she demanded more money and perks 
equal to other TV executives. Now I've seen many people say they were like, well, she's making $40,000 an episode. What is she complaining about? You know, some of these EPs on hit shows make like a hundred thousand, 250,000 or more per episode. So 40,000 for a show like Pose is actually kind of low. Ryan Murphy, who's a co-creator of the show, I guarantee you he's not making 40000 an episode. He wouldn't get out of bed for that amount. She shouted, fuck Hollywood. She says, does this make you uncomfortable? It should. It should make you fucking shake in your motherfucking boots. This is speaking truth. This is what Pose is. She complained about the quality of material. And again, I'm reading from page six. She complained about the quality of the material for male writers on the show's first two episodes. She addressed Ryan Murphy directly. She said, you brought girls in to help you. Who brought the girls in? She asked him. I did, Murphy replied. I wanted the girls to be there. I don't know exactly what the issue is for him to bring in the girls. Is is she referring to the actresses? Is she referring to other writers? I don't know. She then apologized to composer Our Lady J, who is a producer and writer on Pose. I'm not familiar with her. But Mock admitted on the microphone, she said that she tried to diminish Our Lady J to, quote, make myself look bigger. She says, quote, I fucked up, y'all. I forgot who the fuck I was. They wanted me to come up here and pretend I don't need Hollywood, honey. You know why? Because I'm fucking free. She went on to say about Pose, quote, it's a show, but it means so much to everyone to, quote, ensure that we enable black and brown trans women to make it because that sounds good. She's being sarcastic. It makes you comfortable to talk like that because then I don't scare you into facing the fucking truth. You all have stomped on us. An insider who's worked with Mock told Page Six that Mock seemed, quote, emotionally unhinged and suggested her revelation about her relationship may have been the cause. As far as everything she said about working on the show and things that have happened behind the scenes and her beef with not getting paid and the way that the show has been treated, I felt that was important to mention first because those are valid complaints and I'm not mad at Sis at all for airing that out. Her, her taking credit for for her ego essentially getting in the way and not treating the other producer well to acknowledge that and to do so publicly what she did was terrible but the very least that you could do when you fuck up is to apologize so good for her on that she said something else during her speech which has overshadowed her complaints about how the show is being treated and how she is being treated as a transgender woman in Hollywood, which that is a very important discussion that needs to be had and needs to be centered and does not need to be overlooked. Also, not but, as in to take away from, also, she says some wild shit. So Janet is 38. She's been dating one of the stars of Pose, Poppy, his real name is Angel, Angel Angel. I don't know. Bismarck Curio. She, from the stage, implored him to, quote, stand up right now. It's reported that he nervously stood up and Mock said to the crowd, let me tell you something about love. Today, I was going to let him go, she said of her boyfriend. I was going to let you go, right? But what did I do? I fucked someone on the crew, right? She says, Angel, Angel, I'm not losing you. You hear me? You are fucking important to me. I don't want to live in a house alone. I want you. You motherfucker, right there. That's who I want. I'm getting what's mine. Um, ma'am? Ma'am. That's abusive and fucking terrible. Even if they were equals... If they were both like in their 30s, if they were both executive producers on this show or or separate shows, if there was some professional and even personal equality between them, it still would have been a fucking horrible thing. To ask your partner to stand up in a room full of people and tell that room full of people that you cheated on them and then tell that person that they can't leave you because you're getting what's yours. Come on. 
If a man had done that shit to a woman, we'd have pitchforks and stakes for that dude. We would be coming for his throat as women. A woman doing this to a man is not right. It's not right. And the power differential of her being the executive producer, the 38-year-old executive producer doing this to a subordinate who she's dating, a 25-year-old actor on her show, and then also fucking a crew member. You didn't just go out and fuck somebody random as hell. You fuck somebody that your dude probably saw every time he was on set. He probably knows that person by name. That's trifling. Now, Sister Mop, I love your work. I love your writing. I ain't got nothing personal against Sister Mop. But what she did, that part of it, it's trifling as fuck. She owes him an apology. So this happened on Thursday. There's been much discussion about it. Generally, the consensus is what the fuck she did to her boyfriend was wrong as fuck. Again, people aren't really talking about the, the professional aspect of it because the boyfriend part of it is so fucked up. But I was like, girl, you, you did the most. A lot of people were on Twitter, like me. I am people. So as soon as I typed in Janet Mock on Twitter, it, Janet Mock video came up. People were looking for the video. I know somebody out there has the whole thing. They just waiting for TMZ to cut the check, I'm sure. But there's light video. There's video of her, it seems, going to the stage. And then there's video of her questioning Ryan Murphy and him responding. And then there's video of her being escorted off the stage by a nice looking young gentleman. Not her boyfriend. I think he was just a host or maybe somebody who was standing up there to help her on stage. You know how events be. She's walking off the stage like she's in a beauty pageant, like giving like the wave to the crowd and everything. Like she just killed that shit. And I was like, I mean, the professional part of it, that airing out, you did. You did that. But I was like, the part about what you did to your man, no good. Can't condone that. That was bad. I was hoping that she would have given a response before I closed out the podcast this week. And she did, of sorts. Her social media had been quiet since the incident and since Page Six reported it. She's posted a series of pictures today. She's in a gorgeous gold dress. I think uh, Jason Bolden is her stylist. It's, it's a gold sequence Versace dress. It's got the Medusa emblem on the straps. It's got a sweetheart cut to it. The girl look good. She's got some mermaid hair with like some waves in it. The skin is glistening. The waist is snatched. The hips are popping. The titties are high. She looks amazing. It's four pictures of her from various angles in the dress. And the caption is Versace in all caps. And that's it. That's her response. To all the news reports and social media conversation about her little speech. If she just going the fuck off about the professional part of it, we'd be having a whole different conversation. But what she did to old boys, distasteful, distasteful. I will say this though. She has been, and I've only met her once. I met her at the Root Gala years ago when I was a columnist at the Root. For the, I think it was when she was being honored for the Route 100. There's a really cute picture of us somewhere. Nice lady. But I think it's worth noting. And I like Janet. And overall, as a persona, a personality, as a writer, I like her. And so maybe I'm giving her grace where she doesn't deserve it. I, I don't know. But I'm giving it nonetheless. She has been a prolific public figure and speaker for quite some time. And she's never done anything like this. She is not prone to outbursts like this she's not prone to putting her business on blast at least not publicly in this way again I don't know her but I want to give her the benefit of the doubt is like sis is stressed and sis is going through some shit and Hollywood can do that to you I don't have a, a series on a show I, I had I had a tv film one day far from now I'll tell you some things about the behind the scenes they were resolved in my favor and apologies were made so there's no need to go into the details at this time. I appreciate the network very much. They helped me live out a dream. But there are things that happen in Hollywood that are very just run-of-the-mill Hollywood shit that in any other industry would be like, what the fuck? There's a reason that so many celebrities or so many people in Hollywood have like these meltdowns. Like living in LA, and I'm just speaking of like the Hollywood types. LA people... 
And I can only speak for the black people because all the people I know who are from LA are black. They regular black like everywhere else. But don't test them. They will riot in a fucking minute. I'm talking about Hollywood shit. In my very generalized observation of being here for two years, a third of the people are high, either on weed, coke, or shrooms. Because shrooms are super popular here for some reason. There's another third who are zenning themselves out with like hiking, yoga, and the like. Huge self-care, wellness, health junkies. The other third are doing both. It's a stressful-ass industry in a very, very superficial city with a lot of peer pressure. Living in New York was a cakewalk compared to L.A. So that's the episode for this week. I still have the hoodies up because people have still been buying them. If you want a hoodie, they're still on the site. They're still 30% off. We have just a few left in straight sizes. We have more options with the plus sizes. The pink is completely gone, but there are reds, blues, and also white golds. There are also white gold tees and pink red tees that are available on the site. I didn't get a chance to put the V's up yet, but I'll put them up this week, hopefully. I try to do my shipping in under 48 hours when I can. Um, look out for the V's, but if, you're, if you want a tea, but if you want a tea, those are on the site as well, as well as the mugs, the Don't Waste Your Pretty mugs. They are up as well. So, you know, maybe a good Mother's Day gift. What's today? Tuesday? Yeah, if you order them today, if you order before 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I can get them out today. If you want to pick up something for mom or yourself or a friend who's a mom, a sister who's a mom, get them some goodies from DemetriaLLucas.com. I'm still working on the Ratchet and Respectable shirts. I had to do a business pivot. I'm still working on the Ratchet and Respectable shirts. Um, had to do a business pivot, plus this housing situation just set everything back for like two weeks. Um, I had to focus on getting my living situation right, but everything is coming back together slowly but surely. As soon as I get my internet, life will be grand again. In the meantime, if you need some ratchet and respectable in your life between now and the next episode, you can follow me at Demetria L. Lucas on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And don't forget to let me know what you feel about the intro. If you feel it needs to change, if it's not inclusive enough, I'm open, sort of, to suggestions. So that is this week's episode. We'll talk again on Friday. Okay, bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.